Greetings and welcome to Ground Podcast, uh, a thing that you listen if you like adventure games, art, literature, music game development and everything in between. Our today's guest is a mysterious man named Tulian Shepard, an adventure games and Lego aficionado, uh, who runs his YouTube channel that is dedicated to indie games and, well, you guessed it, Lego. We have a chat about two things, touch touching music a bit, uh, charities and indie game dev realities in general. And don't forget, Grund is surreal sci-fi narrative driven adventure game where your choices matter. Follow us on Twitter, join our Discord. All our links and goodies and stuff is on grund.com. Also we have a Kickstarter preview page. Let's hear that Discord call. Hello. Oh, hey. Hello, how are you? Fine, thank you. While we arranged this chat, while we were talking about uh, having this podcast, um, I I got a notion that you are quite busy. And uh, obviously, not obviously, but uh, probably you have your main job to take care of first uh, before all YouTube's things and gaming things. Am I correct on this one? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I work full time um, and I have quite a quite a busy job. So I have to sort of squeeze the YouTube things in around work. What do you do exactly? You can be vague. Uh, we don't need your uh, name of the bank, but uh, maybe uh, in what which direction are you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, so I, I'm a marketing manager. Um, so um, I work here for a sort of an investment company. All right, uh, marketing manager. Then you actually th- uh, know a thing or two about marketing. <laughs> I would like to think so. Yeah, I get I get paid for it, so I would hope so. So th- does this skill um, transfers uh, to your YouTube? Um, uh, I'm I'm a bit hesitant to call it career. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it does a little bit. I think some of the basic principles are, are quite similar, um, but it's it's a completely different industry. So so what works for sort of finance doesn't necessarily work for for social media and and you, like the YouTube side of things. I think getting people to engage with your content is very different to trying to sell something. How YouTube came about in your life? Uh, because uh, it's it's. Probably some people do that, but usually you mull this idea. Is there a word mull? I don't know. Uh, yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you mull this idea in your head about starting YouTube. Or it's, it, it's, if you want it to succeed, it's quite a big deal. So uh, how, how the, the, the initial idea about doing this came to be and how it progressed uh, further? Yeah, sure. So I originally wanted to start making YouTube videos probably about 12 years ago. Um, and I actually had another channel before this YouTube channel um, where I, I still did um, sort of gaming videos, but it was a very basic setup where I used my, my webcam to record my TV screen and it looked absolutely oh, dreadful. Oh, 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 oh. Um, 
you know you had all the staticky lines going up and down the the image and, and all sorts um so but i never really stuck it it was something i would i would make a video maybe every three or four months and and just wasn't consistent at all um so when i created this channel um about five years ago i think it's five years old this month actually um i decided i was going to do it consistently um make videos i think i started off with two videos a week one of it uh one of the series i did was fifa 17 um and then the other one was uh gta vice city so i played a lot of sort of triple a titles originally mm-hmm. um and then i sort of branched out to point and click stuff a bit later really the adventure game stuff came came about as a almost a spin-off of the main content but it's now taken over uh why um, Why indie games? Uh, because uh, you, well, of course, from one side you have to, uh, by playing uh, big AAA games, you have to compete with way more uh, people t- for for the eyeballs. But well, indie games are smaller niche, especially adventures. Yeah, they are, and I think one of the things when when I started playing indie games, um, I I played a couple of the sort of well-known point-and-click games like Grim Fandango and Full Throttle and things like that on my channel. Um, and I had a couple of indie developers reach out to me and ask if I wanted to cover their games on my channel as well. And I'd, I'd never done anything like that before, um, but I figured I'd give it a go. And actually, I find with indie games, I can really engage with the, the creations that the developers have made. Um, you can you can really feel their passion and everything. They're pouring everything into those games and you can feel that as a player. And I don't think you quite get that with a triple A title. Um, you just, and plus the engagement side, you know, I like talking to the developers about their games, finding out what their inspirations were, um, you know, why they created these games and what they mean to them. And I don't think you get that with a bigger game. Um, so that's, that's sort of where the passion in the indie game sort of side of things comes for, from, for me. Um, before that, have you, uh, played a lot of uh, indie games and adventure games. You, you mentioned Grim Fandango, Woo-hoo, yeah. one of the best things ever. Uh, but besides that, not really. No, I mean, sort of the the indie game scene is something which I discovered through YouTube. Um, so I played sort of big release games, but actually, indie games is something I didn't really touch until I, I started making YouTube videos. Um, so it's like a whole new world to me. But it's it's something that I I really love doing now. Awesome. So now it's five years. It's a lot, uh, a lot of time. In order, uh, it's hard to keep uh, yourself consistent, uh, making videos regularly. Sure. Uh, yeah. How hard or how easy it is for you? I know you love the games, uh, but still, uh, especially with a pretty. Well, you have a, a lot of responsibilities on y- in your main job, I presume. You're yeah. not talking about few. Uh, you're not uh, dealing with a few pounds there. You're probably dealing with uh, big budgets and and stuff like that. So, uh and then after that, come home and do this thing now again, uh, again, 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 and again. How how hard do you find it, uh, or how easy? Um, it, it can be tricky, especially if you've had a, a long, tiring day, because I do all of my, my recording after work. So normally around seven or eight in the evening um, and fitting that around sort of 
family life as well <laughs> can be can be quite difficult it means that my day probably starts around seven in the morning and will end about nine o'clock at night before I, I get a bit of a rest so um I do that most days um, so yeah it, it can be tricky um but I also quite like having a bit of a routine to my day so doing YouTube at that time every day actually works quite well for me it keeps me quite consistent makes it easy for me to to release a video pretty much every day uh, lego do you uh, yeah. are you doing those now as well yeah do you mean the lego videos yeah um yeah yeah i am still doing them i haven't done as many recently because i've been focusing more on the the adventure game stuff but yeah i have got some sort of stored up um, and i was actually considering setting up a separate channel for the lego stuff as well um oh. just because i'm not sure how well the lego and the the adventure gaming mix so but i don't know i haven't really made a decision on that yet they probably don't you should do a yeah. separate channel <laughs> yeah that's what i'm thinking how how the audience uh, sp uh splits in your channel like uh how much is uh, lego viewers and how much are uh, game viewers um, I would say that the majority are game viewers. Uh, the, the Lego stuff was relatively recent that I started doing that. Um, it was last December. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do have a fair amount of people who, who watch the Lego stuff, but it's definitely more the, the adventure game stuff, I think, that, that my viewers actually pay attention to, I would mm -hmm. say. I think uh, it was a quite a while, two weeks ago, but I think I, I, I read it uh, on your YouTube channel uh, channel's description that uh, you donate uh, the part of your proceeds uh, to some charities yeah uh, uh, to which I know I have written them here but uh, if you could tell us uh, which charities and why and maybe some story uh, background of your, yeah, your decision yeah. Yeah, of course. So um, there's there's two charities that, that I donate some of the, the proceeds from, well, the, the channel, whether it makes from ad revenue, uh, patrons, uh, I have a coffee page as well, all things like that, 20% uh, of whatever I make um, goes to, to two charities. So one is Mind, which is a, a mental health charity. And then the other one is the local food bank around where I live. Um, and they're just two charities that um, I can sort of resonate with, I guess. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a lot of mental health problems. Um, I had pretty much a complete mental breakdown, um, to be honest with you. And, and I needed access to, to sort of counseling and things like that. So um, it's something that I feel by making donations, I can help support people who might be in a situation that I was in a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the food bank... Um, you know, here in, in England, especially, we're seeing more and more people needing to use food banks to feed their families um, because, they, you know, they just don't have the, the money to it, especially off the back of, you know, we've had the pandemic and things recently and a lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, it's just a way of, of trying to help provide food for families, really. So mm -hmm. anything I can do to help people out is is something that, that I, I like to do. Awesome. Uh, I knew that I had to leave my hat on because now I'm taking it off for you, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, no, it's um, not a problem at all. Of course, I have to mention uh, uh, these two words in every podcast I can. Uh, if people have uh, some 
um, issues and having tough times, listen to black metal. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm actually a big, uh, big fan of metal music. So, yeah, I can I can agree with that one. I, it's actually surprising because uh, before I started to uh, da- dabble, before I st- well, anyway, before I started um, work uh, working in game development, uh, I really I really thought that. Um, People uh, uh, connected with game games don't listen metal much, and okay. now I'm hearing from all over the place, and you you as well. So awesome. Yeah. What yeah, what are your it. favorite bands and genres? Maybe. Oh, it's quite it's quite quite range. So I'd say metal bands. Um, probably my favorite is Metallica. I've listened to Metallica since I was a little kid. Um, and obviously they're, they're still going now. I also, I'm a big fan of Slipknot. Um, I actually went to see Slipknot with my now wife on our first Valentine's Day together, which I'm awesome. sure some people will, will think isn't the most romantic date for Valentine's Day. But um, yeah, we went to see Slipknot. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much any of the classic metal bands I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, and, and some newer ones as well, you know, like I've been to see Avenged Sevenfold a couple of times. Um, bullet for my Valentine. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty much, if it's metal, I'll listen to it. To be honest with you, really, uh, really uh, happy to hear that. Actually, uh, I, I haven't heard that um, Metallica's uh, latest uh, monstrosity of an album. Can we call it an <laughs> album? Fifty plus songs, well, covers of Metallica songs. It could be interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. I think they've they've got a lot of people to cover their songs from the Black Album, haven't they? I haven't actually listened yeah. to it myself, but but mm-hmm. yeah, it, was, it could be some interesting covers in there. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's uh, dive back to YouTube then. Uh, then. Uh, okay, let's dive back to YouTube. Uh, you are doing what you are doing now for five years. Um, I'm talking numbers uh what is your do you have any goal for that uh do you want to conquer the world with uh, your channel what are the goals if there are any or are they needed at all um i, I think the, the sort of the big dream goal if, if you want to call it that is i've always wanted to get to that one hundred thousand subscribers mark um you know you get the sort of silver mm-hmm. play button from youtube so i think i think that would be sort of the the dream goal but I, I tend not to put too much into the numbers as as goals to be honest because i think it's easy to get demotivated if you if you don't quite keep up with the numbers um so really my main goal now is is just to introduce as many people to the adventure game genre as i can especially to to indie games that are being worked on um it's it seems like through twitter especially every day or two i'm finding another sort of adventure game project which really excites me um so just getting the word out about indie point and click games and and trying to encourage the genre back into i wouldn't necessarily say mainstream but just to a point where it's popular and people are playing the games a lot again is is something that i hope i can do with the channel mm-hmm. um i'd say it's probably really the main thing i'm trying to do now it sounds like a tiny bit that you are actually uh, running a charity as well because uh, 
you help uh, those who are in, in need. Uh, and uh, myself included, uh, thank you for your amazing walkthrough. <laughs> No, you're very welcome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, your game is one that I think I, I think originally I found your game. I posted on Twitter about um, if any developers were working on games at the moment to to send them over, and it, it just sort of instantly caught my eye. I just love the art style and everything on the the screenshots that you sent me. But I, I think it's it's very very difficult for developers to to get their games out there. Um, so anything I can do to help developers out with with sort of gaining players for their games then you know that, that that's what i want to be doing mm -hmm. uh well uh of course uh you said that uh you weren't uh uh much of an adventure game player before 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 this uh youtube channel but since then you have played plenty uh old ones and new ones uh uh have you noticed any changes uh uh, between how uh, uh, an adventure games uh, have developed through the years, uh, bad and good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say mostly good, to be honest with you. I'm seeing now, especially in the sort of indie game area, a lot of sort of new mechanics. Because um, obviously point-and-click games always had that, that relatively classic interface. There were a couple of little minor variations you got but it was mostly the same mechanics. Whereas now, especially in the indie scene, you're seeing a lot of new mechanics being thrown into you. You're almost getting a blend of, of what worked really well, but mm -hmm. the, the genre is moving forward. And I, I think that's quite important. We're not just sort of developing more of the same, that the genre is growing and evolving. And I think that's definitely a positive thing. Negatives, honestly, in the adventure game genre, I'm, I'm not seeing too many negatives. But that, again, that might be because I'm such a fan of adventure games, I'm being a little bit biased. It, it could well be that. It's, it, it, it's one of those healthy biased, uh, I presume. Uh, yeah. Adventure games are probably uh, the uh, the ones that have usually the strongest net. Oh, I never can say this word. Narrative, uh, yeah. your favorites. I already I'm dropping Disco Elysium name here. Bam! It's not an adventure, uh, point and click, but still, they are the gods. But after them, uh, after those guys, uh, your biggest, 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 uh, uh, your strongest impressions about uh, narrative in games. Um. <sighs> I mean, I, I think what really hooks me on on adventure games in particular is being able to relate to a character. Um, art style and, and things like that and, and the narrative of the, the actual sort of story is important. But I think if I can relate to the character and what's going on, I, I think that that's something which is, is really important to me. Take, for example, uh, the Monkey Island series. Guybrush Threepwood is just a character that I just love everything about his character is fantastic. And I, I think that's Im important for me to be hooked on a game is characters and art style. And, and I think those are the two main areas. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should uh, talk about Mon Monkey Island with a uh, Shorsha from adventure games podcast. He loves that stuff. Yeah. I think Monkey Island is probably my all time favorite series of games. So that definitely sounds like an idea. Oh, you too. Oh, 
my god <laughs> um a bit uh more serious question recently recently like a month ago uh there was a um one indie developer uh tweeted out that uh, he's done with uh, creating games because his his game was uh, shorter than two hours and he get uh, like a gazillion uh, refunds from the people who actually finished the game. Uh, what do you think about the Steam's policy that you can refund uh, if you have played two hours? What uh, maybe uh, your view on how it could be changed so little guys uh, are not like killed off yeah um i did i did see about that on twitter actually um it's, it's something that, that i just don't agree with um i think it's a it's a bit of a ridiculous policy to be honest with you um especially for the sort of indie developers who sometimes tend to make shorter games because obviously um some developers work entirely on their own um i, I don't know i just think unless there's a, a serious flaw with the game like it's it's unplayable or you know it's just not what it's advertised to be i i don't think that being able to refund a game because it's under two hours it is a sensible thing to to be encouraging i think it it almost gives people and i'm, I'm sure there are a mi minority of people but it almost gives them a sort of um a way of playing games for free and um, they could buy the game play it and then refund it just to get their money back even if they enjoyed the game um so yeah i i personally don't think it's a good policy at all how do you think uh, well you have talked with uh, gazillion developers and played gazillion games probably you might um uh, feel uh how the world uh, our landscape landscape is changing and where uh, indie game development goes, uh, how it uh, evolves. Uh, what do you think, uh, what holds, uh, what next five, ten years hold uh, for small indie devs? It, it's really um, a broad question, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, it's fine. Um, I, I would hope that, that we're going to continue seeing this trend of more and more indie developers um, making games, because I, I think it's been very refreshing to, to see smaller studios sometimes even one person on their own creating things that they're passionate about and as much as i enjoy AAA games um you, you just don't feel that sense of passion and and pride and feel all the hard work of, of those developers in the same way that you do with indie games so i personally would love to see indie games becoming more and more popular mm. um I, I think it's i think it's important that the we, we give more airtime to these projects. Quite often you'll see um, sort of the big reporting companies for games talk about indie games and, and why we should give them more time and things, but then they spend all their time promoting the, the massive projects. Um, so I would hope that we'll see more coverage from, from those huge companies um, for the little games, for the little projects, especially the ones which really stand out. I think it's important that we, we give them the exposure that they need to mm -hmm. grow and encourage the developers to come back and make more games in the future. Of course, uh, it, uh, there hides another problem that uh, if there will be even more indie devs, uh, the market gets oversaturated. So, and then 
you can't ask $15 for your game, you have to ask 5 and then it's probably just stays as a passion project and not a viable uh, way of income. That could be also a problem. It could, yeah. Yeah, that is that is definitely a possibility. I, I think one thing that, that might work in the favor of indie devs is that everything I've played feels completely unique. I don't think I've played two indie point-and-click games which feel like the same game. Um, you can just feel that it's almost like the developers are pouring themselves and their personalities into the games and you you can feel it even if games have a similar sort of theme like they might be detective based games uh, and in during indie games you can just feel that then they're, they're not the same thing it's quite difficult to explain it um but i would hope that the fact that indie games can be so different would help encourage people to keep buying them and maybe not see that price drop. Obviously, the more games there are, people will have less money to spend on games, but I would hope that it, it wouldn't get to a point where they would be so cheap that they would have to be passion projects. I just... Oh, fuck. I, I, had, uh, I had a comment on this. Obviously, I'm, I'm cutting this out. What was... Okay. I, I forgot. Ah! No, I wanted to ask that one. Why Turian Shepherd? Why Turian Shepherd? Uh, that's a good question. It that goes back quite a long way, actually. Um, I I couldn't think of a name for my YouTube channel when I created it, um, and that was the name I was using at the time um, when I was playing a lot of Minecraft with my friends. Um, and it, it comes from the Mass Effect series, um, where obviously the Turians are a, a race on there, and then Shepard is is the main character. And I just sort of threw them together and created a Minecraft skin that was basically the the N seven armor from Mass Effect mm. with a Turian's head on it. Um, so when I created my YouTube channel, I just I just used that, and I just kept it basically. Uh, did you work in marketing uh, at the uh, at those times as well? I didn't. No, no. It was um, it was way before that. So maybe that is something that I would have done differently if I was working in marketing. I don't know. <laughs> then you're excused because uh, to Google Tony and Shepherd and and to find you, it's impossible. Yeah, that I did. I did think that would be the case. The next, the next best thing would be called to call yourself Google. <laughs> okay, that's it from me. So yeah. As I promised, short and about you. So, thank you, man. We all await what you bring to us next. Yeah, thank you. No, it's been good. Thank you for, for having me. And uh, I think I would, I'm probably going to start a podcast myself soon. So, it'd be great to have you on there as a guest so you can talk about your game. And, Hell and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, let's do that. That sounds uh, like a plan. Too bad the, that uh, we can't have music in our podcast. No, if we don't have gazillion millions as a budget, or oh, probably it would be awesome to when you speak with a person uh, to put in a couple songs in. Uh, yeah, 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 that'd be good. We could but, have some metal songs playing in the background. Sure. Yeah, I actually have uh, one riff. Like, can I say that? I figured that no. It's a bad idea. Okay, man. Thank you again. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Have a coffee. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I'm going to go and grab one now. You too. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you. Bye. Right, good Ciao. to you. Bye-bye. Bye. This is it for today. Edited this one uh, kind of light-handed. Let me know if my M's and M's bother you too much or not. Just figured uh, maybe this way uh, all the th sound will be more genuine. Let me know. And bye.